Good afternoon. This is Dr. Saul Goldstein. The uh, the opinions expressed by these two, uh, you know, uh, fellows, uh, colored folks, uh, may or may not be the opinions of uh, their employers uh, or mine. Uh, Holler at me. If I speak, I am in, in big trouble. In big trouble. And I don't want to be in big trouble. Chop Soccer, we back in the building. Uh, oh, what the fuck a lot going on right now in the soccer world. We got the World Cup going on, Women's World Cup. We have Leagues Cup happening. We had some uh, international friendly. Well, not international friendlies, but it's effectively international friendlies. Yeah. Some European clubs are on international tours playing matches around the world. Yep. So a lot happening in the soccer space. But uh, and particularly MLS is hella lit right now with Leo Lionel Messi here at Enter Miami, and they are trying to elevate their visibility yet again with a collaboration with a bathing ape. Now, yeah, some air horns on that. Um, if you know about street fashion to any degree, you've one hundred percent heard of a bathing ape, better known as Bape. And yeah, they're coming out with a capsule collection with Enter Miami. Now, the interesting part about this is from the marketing I've seen, they have no mention of Adidas. So I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do. Uh, I fully expect a uh, pink bape camo in one way or another. But uh, let's jump into it a little bit, Ken. What are your thoughts on this? Are you excited for this collaborative effort? Are you a fan of Bape? Do you own any Bape? Are you going to buy any of this? Damn, son, where'd you find this? <laughs> so I, uh, I'm actually, uh, I'm more of a billionaire boys club uh, person myself over Bape. Okay. Um, same fashion house, just like uh, kind of yeah. like, you know, different setup. But uh, I think this is uh, like I think this is good. Um, so I'm really excited because, like you know, this is the type of collaboration where you know that it's not going to be um, soccer inspired as much as it is going to be like soccer compatible. Mm-hmm. So, um, like the pink camo, yeah, that's going to be perfect. Um, I think this is inspired by Jordan, um, a lot too. Like if you remember, uh, Nike did their whole Jordan brand spinoff for a long time Mm -hmm. with, uh, PSG and I think maybe a couple of other clubs. Um, so like, you know, this is kind of what I expect Adidas to be doing the same thing with like uh, adidas is linked up with uh pharrell anyway so like you know like i figure they're just pushing it out not saying adidas Mm -hmm. you know to keep it like street or whatever but you know like i'm excited uh i'm gonna get a couple pieces are you gonna get any pieces hell no the fuck i look like it's on enter miami gear no i do want to see it Uh, i'm excited for it for people who are fans of the club and who are fans of Bape. But me personally, I have never worn Bape. That's number one. 
You never wore a babe too. Never ever. Oh my God, corny, lame, <laughs> tomato, tomato, tomato. I'm throwing tomatoes. <laughs> hey, look, man, it's, it's not for me. I mean, I I get it. People like it, but I don't care. Okay. I mean, I got, I got like, you know, like it's definitely like, I don't even, I can't even like hate on you, uh, on the Bape side. Cause I don't even wear Bape. Like I like billionaire boys club a little better. Mm-hmm. Like Bape was definitely like the, like the little too flashy for me in yeah. terms of like the camos and like the crazy prints and like, you know, I don't know how comfortable I feel where monkeys like on myself in like mm-hmm. this climate, like, you know, like I don't, you know, you fuck around, you know, somebody say the wrong thing, it'd be another Alabama like down here. <laughs> so like uh I can't really give you that much shit about Bave and Ape, but I am excited to see the collection. Like yeah, um, see it. I definitely want to cop something like out of it. Like if it's what I think it's gonna be, where it's like not really like inner Miami, it's mm-hmm. more Bape than it is inner Miami, like I'm definitely gonna cop something. Because, like, you know, I don't mind, like, you know, MLS, like, you know, you're the MLS, like, you got the MLS team. Like, you know, the fire are garbage. So, like, you know, I'm like an MLS free agent. Like, you know, like, I'm the perfect MLS consumer, right? Mm -hmm. Like, my my franchise is garbage. So, like, I'll buy other team shit, like, you know, if it's hot. So, you know, like, you know, they got to impress me here. And, like, you know, we'll see what's up. Yeah, let's see what's up with it, man. Uh, look for it in, I don't know, later this year. I don't see a date here. It just says it's coming. So, yeah, keep an eye out. Once you do see it, send me a message because I want to see it too. All right, it's officially happening. I mean, we knew this was coming, but we are nearing the release date for EA Sports FC 2024. Um, earlier today, they released a six minute and 34 second deep dive trailer, uh, about some of the new features and redesigned things and other things to expect from this upcoming game. So I want to get into this for sure. Um, I've grown to dislike FIFA over the years, but I am excited to see where they go without the FIFA license and how they use this opportunity to like truly reinvent themselves and update the gameplay and features of the game. So, Ken, what are your thoughts on this trailer? Uh, what was give me your thoughts on the trailer and what was your biggest um takeaway from it? Like which feature or new addition that you're most excited for? Um, let's see. I don't um hmm Oh man. Uh so I watched the whole trailer. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like the features. Like uh, I think the biggest feature um that we actually predicted on here is that um the women's game um is going to be added to Ultimate Team. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Which is uh which is pretty big. Um, so I think that's my favorite feature, um, because I am looking forward to like, you know, building some women's ultimate teams and like playing against some other women's ultimate teams. Mm -hmm. Um, my big question though, 
is that it seems like you're going to be able to build co-ed teams on here. I saw that, man. I saw that. So, like, how is that going to work? You know cap. what I mean? Like, <laughs> That's how it's going to work. Cap. You said it's going to be cap? Yeah. Because <laughs> <You> said- <laughs> if... <laughs> Listen, bro, I'm going to just keep it a buck. If they are not getting smoked on that game, like, no exaggeration. If there's a, let's say, a Erling Holland, right? No, matter of fact, we'll do Mbappe. Mm-hmm. He's one of the fastest men in the world on the pitch. Mm-hmm. If his, let's say his pace rating on his base card is 95. Mm-hmm. If he has 95 pace. And the fastest player on the women's side is also given a 95 pace. Let's say Trinity Rotman. Mm-hmm. Bro, those are not the same 95. Not even close. So the only way this is going to work is with a whole bunch of cap. Real, son, we keep it real. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't like, you know, like I don't want to make it sound like, you know, like, I, I just don't know how else to say it. You're right, right? Like, I mean, you know, like, that just is what it is, right? Because, I mean, like, Trinity Robin, there's no way, like, you know, because you remember when the women's ratings came out? Like, not even Trinity Robin, right? Like, you remember when the women's ratings came out and they had Alex Morgan at, like, 90 speed? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't see that. Like, bro. I know she has, like, a 90 card, but I didn't. I didn't take note of what the speed is. Her speed was like, her speed was like in the nineties, and everybody was like, "That shit is a, a two pack of ass." Because <laughs> like, I'm not even mad at a ninety if it's relative to the women. But I mean, I don't think relative- she's that fast amongst the women either. But I mean, even, <laughs> as long as the ratings are uh, amongst the women, I ain't too mad at it. Like, do whatever you want to do. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm really excited for this. But yeah, like that's uh, that's what I want to see. I want to see how they're going to square that circle. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because like if they're doing like if they're doing a universal ranking system like I am, whew, like I want to see that because I want to see yeah. what the strength numbers look like, too. Right. Like, uh, let's take Erling Holland. Right. Like if you put <laughs> Erling Holland on like Naomi Gurma or yeah, or like Crystal Dunn, <laughs> like. He's just got to, like, destroy her every single time, right? Like, not on, like, you know, some, like, you know, like, some other shit. But, I mean, like, like let's be, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, listen, I like it. I think you should, if your ultimate team includes women, you should be able to build it. Yeah. But I just, I'm wondering how how they're going to work out the mechanics of that. The only way you work out the mechanics of that so that it's fair across the board is cap. Because if you're if it's ultimate team and you come up against a team that includes no women, yeah, and they're abusing the game's uh, already Meta. broken metas, yeah, it's just going to be even worse for you. So, again, in theory, it's awesome. But yeah. what it's going to play out to in practice will be interesting. But I'm super excited. I don't have to explain what's understood, man. (laughs) I do like that um, you can truly get the players you want. At least that's what it seems like. Again, we're going to have to see how this actually plays out. But the idea that you can 
get the player that you really want and upgrade them over time. Hopefully this will eliminate all them stupid ass special cards and, you know, reverse some of that um, pay to play model that they have built into the game now with ultimate team. So again, there's a lot to explore. There's a lot to unpack in this trailer. Again, it's six minutes and 34 seconds long. Um, a lot of this stuff is going to be familiar to people who play the FIFA franchise. Uh, some truly new stuff, but again, they're known for dropping a broken game and trying to fix it along the way. A lot of game studios are at this point. So we'll have to just see what actually happens. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, what else you got up on short corners? Um, what else do we have up here? Oh, we got Tom Brady, man. He's throwing his hat in the ownership ring, uh, for throwing a hat in the ring for ownership of soccer teams. That's what I'm trying to say. He's throwing uh, his hat he in is, the ring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has become a minority owner in championship side Birmingham City. Um, I said Birmingham, like that shit is Alabama. You know, it's in the UK, so it's Birmingham. Um, in it, in it, in it. <laughs> that shit is hilarious to me. But uh, yeah, that's that's more good news. That's more celebrity ownership. Um, that's more interest that Americans will follow. So this is all positive. Uh, I want to see more LeBron James's myself getting involved. We know we had a few brothers get in with uh, Yo Gotti in DC. We had Kevin Durant in Philly. We had James Harden in Houston. Now we got Tom Brady going to the championship side. Um, is this team even good? So, you know, I don't follow the Prem like that anyway, and then I definitely don't follow the championship. Is Birmingham any good in the championship? Uh, they're all right. Um, I think the big thing about this, though, is that, like, you know, this is another investment in terms of, like, owning a professional franchise. Mm-hmm gonna give you like real returns like on your investment mm-hmm. right so like you know for example like you know just to do like a just to give you like a perspective um birmingham city um uh, mm-hmm. isn't really worth a lot right okay. so for tom brady to become a minority owner like that wasn't even a lot of coin you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like it was a small small amount of coin like the birmingham city squad it looks like um in total is only uh is only like 15 million it looks Mm -hmm. like so that's how much you're spending on their squad in total um like and that's like you know that's only what they're spending on their squad in total so you give them like 15 million maybe 20 million tops on their squad and then like you know whatever what other stuff you have so what you maybe have like a 50 million dollar valuation right tom brady to be a minority owner in a 50 million dollar valuation what's that like you know let's say he you know let's say he got 20 percent right like mm-hmm. that's 10 million dollars potentially right like yeah. that's peanuts and what he's looking at is the investment of let's say it's 10 million dollars and he gets to the premier league 
the second they get to the Premier League, you double your money, right? right. Like you remember when we talk about multiples and like how much money you're making back? Like mm -hmm. that's why people get involved in like soccer because like year to year those multiples, like you know, you'll make your money back like you know straight over. So I mean, this is a smart play. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of other people do this because it's easier to buy in to these mid to lower level clubs than it is mm -hmm. to buy into like an American franchise. But like you know, well outside of NWSL. But like, good for him. Yeah, um, I found it particularly interesting that you know they delve into what Tom's role will be with the club, aside from just putting money on the table. Uh, but they are looking at his expertise in health and wellness and how that can affect the men's team, the women's team, and their academy. Mm -hmm. so I thought that TB was really 12. cool, huh? TB twelve. Yeah, he's a, he'll be the highest play. Uh, <laughs> He's like the Tony Robbins of yeah, <laughs> fucking soccer. Yep. But yeah, that's pretty cool though, man. Big up Tom Brady, the GOAT over here, as they say, when it comes to that hand egg game. Uh, let's jump into hand some egg. shooter pass or foul play. How you feel? Uh, let's uh let's let's hop into foul. Let's hop into foul play. Um, okay. I think I think that'd be a good one. So can we discuss what is being dubbed the world's shortest soccer parade? <laughs> <laughs> so Tulsa Athletic won the MPSL championship last Sunday. Mm -hmm. So they went to downtown Tulsa and held what is being dubbed, again, the world's shortest soccer parade. <laughs> I'm sitting here looking at the photos from this thing, and this is the flyest shit I think I've ever seen in soccer, bro. <laughs> they got a lawnmower and a, a minivan with, a, <laughs> with a, a little small trailer on the back. And they got like 20 people on the train. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, this is absolutely incredible. <laughs> Ken, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, do you wish you were at this parade? <laughs> and do you think there can be an even shorter championship parade? <laughs> oh, I know there can be an even. Well, actually, I don't know if it can. I don't know if our parades are shorter than this one. We would. Because like everybody's in their own car, so <laughs> so like it's like a five car parade. <laughs> like I don't know, man. I don't know. This is pretty short, bro. Like this oh, is man. this is classic, man. Like I I can't give anybody like a red card. I can't give anybody a yellow. Maybe I give them a yellow for it looks like they might have broke the trophy. So like breaking no. the <laughs> so like breaking the trophy always gets you a yellow. But like, uh, other than that, man, like this is goals, bro. Like, I want to see more of these. Like, this is what makes like lower league soccer fun. Is hundred percent, man. It's like stories like this, and I don't think people like lead into it. Mm -hmm. Like, you should have a victory parade if you win. It doesn't matter if it's like one fan <laughs> that shows up. Or like fifty fans to show up. Like this shit is fun. Like, 
Like shout out Bro, to Tulsa, man. they like, really brought out a riding lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the U-Haul trailer too? I am cr- Yeah, that's like the U-Haul joint, man. That is fucking hilarious. <laughs> Oh, this look, this it, shit look like so much fun, bro. Yeah. Because it's like, we're niche and that's okay. We don't need anybody else to enjoy this but us. I love this so much, man. They got the team out there, their little fans. I wonder how far they drove, bro. This is so amazing. I wish they had recorded this whole thing and made a like a... Like a video? In addition to being the world's shortest soccer parade, they should have tried to make the world's shortest documentary. <laughs> do, like, do like a three-minute documentary on this shortest parade. <laughs> and include the whole parade in the doc. <laughs> so, uh, apparently, the owner of the club also owns a restaurant. So, mm. that's where it ended. With everybody giving speeches on top of there. You see... <laughs> This minivan that's got their banners on it. Yeah, man. <laughs> they got a Dodge minivan. I love it's, it. It's national champions on it. Oh, this is the best. I love it. More of this, bro. More, More of, this, for of sure. this. And you can tell, like, you can tell this is just like MPSL type stuff. Mm-hmm. I like MPSL, man. Like, yeah. wherever there's soccer, I'm down. And if it's local to me, that's even better. Yeah, no, this is way, uh, this is way better. I think, like, I think this is how you build engagement with mm-hmm. your league. Like, MPSL should be all over this, right? One hundred percent, man. They get so much visibility from this. Yeah. All right, so uh, shooter pass. Yeah, let's do it. What do you got this week, man? I need I need something interesting, man, because I've been all in this league's cup, and it's been popping. So it's gonna take quite a bit to impress me in this week. All right, well, uh, shooter pass this week. The business is entertainment, and what entertains the customers is the sight of blood. <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right. So we got. Uh... We got five topics. Uh, Everybody knows how we play Shooter Pass. Uh, So if you don't know, this is your first time listening. Um, I have five topics here. Um, We're going to give a brief introduction to each topic. Rox is going to tell me if he wants to shoot it or pass it. Um, If he decides that he wants to shoot it, uh, we will have a pretty good conversation about it. Um, If Rox decides that he wants to pass it, then um, we'll just leave it at the intro, right? Okay. So um, I guess we are all, I guess we're all ready, right? For mm-hmm. shooter pass. All right. So first thing we got on the docket um, for this week's shooter pass um, is the Women's World Cup. And uh, later in the episode, we'll talk about games specifically, whatever, right? But um, did you know that there are almost 50 Americans playing for other countries at the Women's World Cup? I had no idea. Okay, so... Really? 50, yeah, 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 it's almost 50. Here's the breakdown. So How many um, of them in Jamaica? 11. <laughs> <laughs> Wagwan! I knew it. 
I knew it. I knew it. Go ahead, though. Okay, so the Philippines leads the list uh, with 18. 18 out of 23 players from the Philippines um, are American. Like, they okay. have American passports. <coughs> um, Jamaica has 11. Haiti has 5. Ireland has 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nigeria has 4. Um, Canada, Argentina, Colombia, Switzerland, Panama, South Korea, and New Zealand. Um, they have... What is it? it? Looks like they have one or two apiece. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the question I have for you. Um, oh, and even the Netherlands has someone on the roster too. So the question I have for you, I forgot the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Um, is do you think that this is good or bad for women's soccer? Um, on the World Cup stage, uh, shooter pass. And um, can you, do you think you can name anyone who might be in this group? Okay. Uh, I will shoot it. Okay. But I'm going to underhand shoot it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do I think this is good for women's soccer on the international stage? Was that the question? Yeah. Yes. Okay. On the whole, yes, because uh, for a long time, we had the best training and resources available for women, which is why the U.S. women's national team was dominant for so long. Mm -hmm. So those players that come here and do youth programs and train and get in the uh, U.S. soccer radar, playing the NWSL, yada, 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 play the college game. Uh, they're taking all of that skill and know-how back to whatever countries they want to go and represent. So uh, no one should be surprised by this. No one should be offended by this because this is exactly what we request of our U.S. men's national team players. We want them to go play in Europe and train there and get the game and then bring that back to the U.S. men's national team and run it up. Um, hasn't happened, but we do see how this is playing out for international women's teams. So yeah, this is all good for me. Uh, what was the other one? My, my apologies. Uh, can you name, do you think you can name anyone out of this list? Ooh, uh, no. Okay. No. Do I know someone in that list? Probably. But can I name them? Probably not. Okay. Um, I actually, uh, I actually have a very different view from you about this. Okay. Um, I think, I think it's good for the individual players, players. right? Mm -hmm. So like any player that has the opportunity to come over here, like, especially if you're a woman and you have the opportunity to come over to America, live the American lifestyle, like attend American universities, like, um, like, you know, play American sports, like, you know, get the training, get the nourishment, like, you know, get their nutrition, the physical care, so on and so forth, compared to like, you know, 90% of the rest of the world, like, you know, the America's the top at that. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I think it's cool for any individual player who has that opportunity to take that opportunity, um, where I see this creating problems 
is that I feel like it becomes a cop out for the local population um, like of the country to improve conditions there for women that want to play sports. Mm, okay. Right. Because like, you know, like let's take the Philippines, for example, right? Like 18 of the 23 women on the Filipino roster are like Americans that live and play in America. Right. Now that takes the pressure off of the Philippines, like the Filipino Federation to like do better for the local Filipino women there, right? Mm -hmm. Like 11 of the uh, 11 of the Jamaican women on the team, like on their national team had American passports, right? And you see the bullshit they're going through, mm -hmm. right? Like you see what I'm saying? So like, I just think it's a little uh, difficult for local women. Like it creates a problem for the local women, the way it used to create a problem for American players here when we were doing like a lot of dual nationals and it was really hard for anybody who like was born in America, like didn't do the European thing, like, you know, who came up through MLS to kind of like get in the team for a while and mm -hmm. kind of still is that way, you know, to a degree, you know, but that's the only thing that I feel like is a big problem with the situation like this is that like, you know, it kind of does a disservice to the local people there if you're like importing talent for the national team. Gotcha. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. We've got more women's soccer. Uh, we've got more women's soccer news. I mean, this is just like women's soccer summer. It feels like, like, mm -hmm. you know, with leagues cup going on with like, you know, uh, MLS on break and WSL on break for like their challenge cup. It feels like, uh, like the women's world cup is like, you know, the number one topic in the soccer world right now, as it should be, right? So we got more women's, uh, we got more women's soccer coming up. Um, do you want to hear um, some U.S. women's national team uh, equal pay lawsuit talk? Oof. Uh, no. No. <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. All right. So uh, here we go. I'll read this. And then uh, if you want to reconsider after I read it, uh, go ahead. If not, we'll just skip it. Okay. Um, so the women have, uh, the women have been knocked out. We'll talk about that a little later. Um, but uh, they take home 3.25 million for their World Cup, right? So um, the splits have come out. Um, and the men took home $13 million. The women took home 3.25 under the course of the new lawsuit. Um, that 16.25 total, mm -hmm. um, will go, um, to 90% of it will go to the pot of the men and women splitting. And then there's like a 10% like service fee basically that mm -hmm. us soccer puts on it. So it looks like, um, both squads, each player gets about $300,000 for their participation in the World Cups. Um, okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Um, do you want to talk about the Nigerian women and their trouble um, getting... Uh, like, I guess, like, it's basically a labor dispute that they have with their mm -hmm. federation to get paid to play. Yeah. 
Uh, I want to hear about it. I don't know anything about what's going on in Nigeria, but I've heard about this situation and I'm curious to hear um, what is going on and why it's going on, but I will have nothing to contribute to it. Okay. Um, so just to, uh, just to recap, I mean, this story, if you've heard one story like this, you've heard them all, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in a lot of these, uh, in a lot of these smaller, uh, less industrialized nations when it comes to sports, um, the federations tend to steal, um, the compensation packages that are awarded by FIFA. Um, both men's and women's, right? Mm -hmm. um, we, in CONCACAF, um, so here under the American market, uh, you would be familiar with the troubles of the Jamaican women's national team. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's basically the same thing, right? Like the Federation gets money from FIFA. Um, the Federation is not actually obligated to spend this money, Um like, you know, in terms of providing women, like, their rightful compensation. But uh, the Nigerian women's soccer team actually said that they weren't going to play if they didn't get this. And then uh, FIFA Pro, uh, like, FIFA's professional organization, is actually, like, coming to the defense of the Nigerian women's uh, association and saying mm -hmm. that if they aren't, um, if they aren't compensated, like with the money allotted to them from their federation that the Nigerian federation will actually face like some type of sanctions or something from FIFA. Yeah. So I mean uh, that's I it. think they should because again if they're not obligated to spend this uh money on their men's and women's programs then the rules should change that they should be obligated to spend that money on their programs. Yeah. Uh cuz you know, I mean, listen, don't get me started, but it's surprising, but not so surprising. You know, all of these federations are shady as fuck if they can run off with millions of dollars because nobody's checking for them. So uh, change the rules, change the regs, do the proper due diligence on these uh, organizations and no team, men's or women, should ever be left out like this. It's just ridiculous. All right, so we've got a little more on the docket. Uh, we've got a little more on the docket here. Um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, silly season in MLS. Um, so, like, you know, during the summer, there's always silly season in MLS. Like, you know, players become free agents, like, you know, from other teams. And a lot of European players are, like, you know, um, rumored to have uh come or well rumored to be coming to the mls right mm -hmm. so the latest one is neymar um following messi and jordi alba and sergio busquets um they all went to enter miami um neymar is uh looks like rumored and also like you know pretty serious talks to actually end up at lafc Bro. um so, um, shooter pass. Do you want to talk um, about? Uh, do you want to talk about Neymar potentially coming to MLS and what yes. that would do for the league? Shoot it. Okay, shoot it. Let's go. All right. 
If he goes to LAFC, bro, oh my God, I will not be able to deal with how fucking cool they are. They already cool as hell. They already win. Um, signing Neymar would just be way over the top. Now, it's also been rumored that it's a possibility he could end up at NYCFC over here on the East Coast. So that LAFC is now in this conversation is actually a bit terrifying because they are like the West Coast equivalent of NYCFC. (sighs) I don't like it, man. (laughs) I'm just going to be straight honest. I don't like it. And I don't like it because I think NYCFC could use someone of Neymar's caliber as they are uh, heading into building their stadium. Neymar is only 31 years old, which is awesome. He still has plenty of life left. And I think he uh, is a great fit for New York City with his energy. Now, he has some personal stuff going on. Uh, I don't really know too much about that, but I know it got a little dicey. I don't like that part. But just from the sporting perspective, this could be another absolutely massive move for MLS. And I hope it is uh, NYCFC. But if not, and it has to be LAFC, whatever, just get him in the MLS. Uh, okay. I'm glad you like this. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you like this because I hate this. Like this is why. This is ass, bro. Like, I mean, like, the messy shit's cool, but I mean, like, we, MLS does this a lot where they'll, like, hit on one superstar and be like, oh, man, like, you know, we're about to hit on this one superstar. Let's double down on, like, eight more superstars in this class, bro. And it's like, nah, bro, like, you know, just cool out. Like, you remember a couple years ago? When um, it was supposed to be, uh, remember a couple of years ago uh, when it was supposed to be, who was coming over? Like, uh, I think it was like David Villa that came over. And then in that same class, like Steven Gerrard and like Robbie Keane and like a bunch of people came over that were like past it and mm-hmm. like they didn't work out. But like one of the players worked out, but so like everybody's like, oh, like MLS needs to keep bringing aging stars. It's like, nah, bro, like probably bring like one a year, but like on that level, on like the Neymar Messi level, like mm-hmm. superstar level, but like, you know, I really don't like having multiple of these superstars come over because it just increases the likelihood that like somebody's going to bust or that like more people are going to bust. Mm. right because like didn't and i mean especially brazilians too man like didn't the galaxy bring over douglas costa mm-hmm. like where is he at uh he's gone all right <laughs> like you know so you know i don't really I think like it's them. fine if they're on different teams i think those projects ended up busting because they had too many in one place so like nycfc we had via pirlo and lampard uh, Via worked. Lampard kind of worked for like half half the seat, not even half the season. He kind of worked. Pirlo did not work at all. Yeah. Um, and the three of them together, they barely ever played together. Yeah. Um, Toronto is trying it with uh, Lorenzo Insigne and uh, Bernardeschi. Yep. So that's not working out either. Nope. So. Yeah, I feel like just put them in different places because 
that those situations, those people need to be the guy. Yeah, I think. And you just need to build a, a solid squad around them that can help them accomplish what you hired them to do. But just trying to stack a whole bunch of them up on one team is a little bit crazy. But if anybody can pull it off, I think it's LAFC. Yeah, I think it's LAFC that can pull it off. I just worry. Uh, I just worry about like the oversaturation of it all, mm-hmm. and then like I also, I also just worry like you know, like we don't even know if this Neymar experiment. Well, we don't even know if this Messi experiment's really working out. Like the numbers sound good, but like you know, like the proof's not going to be in the pudding till later. So. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I'm just I don't want to see us like jerk back into this because we had a few good years where, like, we were bringing in mid level people and selling them high. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Last thing uh, before we talk games and interesting or not, um, do you want to talk, um, Bruce Arena's alleged uh, racism? Ooh, might as well throw it up. Okay, so um, Bruce Arena. I'm trying to find exactly, trying to find exactly what he said. Um, it looks like Bruce Arena is in hot water for uh using uh some racismo. Um. So uh, here's what we have. Uh, the league's investigation um, relates to allegations that the coach made insensitive remarks. Um, we don't exactly know what those remarks are. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, Or who they were toward. Or who they were towards. Um but the revs players don't really have a timetable. Like there's no real investigative timetable. So I guess just like shooter pass. What do you think about this whole, um, what do you think about this whole situation? Um, I will ask you a broader question. Do you think the racismo? do you think the calls of racismo are uh, going too far? Like nowadays in soccer, do you think like, you know, it's kind of, becoming the boy who cried wolf. Uh, like, what do you think is happening here? Uh, I have no idea. I have no details on what he said, who he said it to. What I do know is this shit needs to stop popping up, period. Like, I don't care what he was upset about or what antiquated vocabulary he thought he was using that he didn't realize is not okay. I don't, whatever. I don't care about none of that. What I do care is any situation like this should be met with swift and decisive countermeasures because it's just not okay in this league. Um, We have enough shit going on in this country And if you can't be professional enough to keep racial slurs out of your mouth, bro, then you just don't belong in this league, man. I'm sorry. What? I don't want to, I don't want to do this, uh, but I feel like I have to do Um, it. 
what constitutes like the racial slur like allegation like what listen man the only way i'm letting him off the hook is if he looked at somebody else white and said you stupid cracker (laughs) (laughs) and i was like hey bruce you gotta cool out man you gotta cool out (laughs) but outside of that outside of that bro like it just shouldn't be period well i mean i guess the thing that i always like I guess the thing that I always like worry about when it comes to these things is like when you don't have when you don't have a clear accuser or like when you don't have a clear victim like the whole situation becomes muddy right well it's only muddy because the league is trying to protect their own image by protecting his image. And so rather than just giving the details, um, they are first keeping everything that they know to themselves, investigating, which I mean, to a degree, I, I get it. But, you know, at the, my issue is at the end of all of this, we end up knowing all the details and whatever reprimand he gets, he gets. And then he'll still get another job in MLS. So, I mean, at this point, I just can't find it in my heart to care too much. Like whatever happens will happen. Um, Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what he said and who he said it to. So without that detail, it's just kind of like he shouldn't be using racial slurs. Um, Like I said, the only pass I'm giving him is if he calls somebody a honky or a cracker <laughs> and they were also white. Yeah, like I don't want to give him a pass for like uh, I don't want to give him a pass for any type of like, you know, racial slur or anything like that. But I am just like really weary now of like, you know, putting together like an entire situation of what happened with mm-hmm. like, you know, accused, accuser, like, you know, uh, like actual like situation, you know, because like I'm just I'm just really concerned now about like boy who cried wolf syndrome in terms Mm -hmm. of like the perception of racism right like it feels really weird to say this but like because you could call out racism in literally anything like i feel like you have to be more I don't want to say selective, but you have to be more like you have to have your shit together. Right. Mm -hmm. Because like people are already starting to turn on like, you know, like different types of movements. Like, you know, like look at how the women's national team is like, you know, getting shit for losing. Right. Like, 
you know, like this culture of being like aware, socially aware in sports is like starting to face a backlash. And I'm just starting to wonder, like, you know, for perception's sake, like, you know, do we need to like, you know, police ourselves a little more when we talk about what, like, you know, what we bring to the table as like a case study on what racism is, right? Because I don't want to excuse Bruce Arita for anything he may or may not have done, but like given the evidence that we have right now and the lack of evidence that's coming out, like nobody's ever going to know, like, you know, even if anything happened. Yeah. Right. Like that's not even going to be definitive. Right. So that's it. But enough of yeah. that shit. My th- the the article I want to read is, you know, somebody that was involved in that situation and was offended. Yeah, decided they too wanted to participate in Fade's giving. And if yeah. Bruce if Bruce had some slick shit to say to you, you should have had either some more slick shit to say back to him, or a quick two piece and a biscuit for his ass. Yeah, and then we can go on about our day. Yeah, like this doubling back to the racismo, like I feel like it just does, like it does nobody help in the cause. Mm. Um, do you want to, uh, you want to finish up on interested or not? We've got some shit to talk about. Yeah, let's get into it. All right. So, um, interested or not, uh, we're going to talk about top games from the past week or so. Uh, Rox is going to tell me if they're interested, if the games are interested or not. Uh, we got a couple good bundles that we're going to just bundle all these games into because there were a lot of like games that we could go through. We're not going to go through all of them. We're going to bundle them into like the competition that they took place in. And then like if you got a couple you want to pick out, like we can pick them out. Right. Um, yeah. So we're going to start with uh, the League's Cup. Right. So. Have you found the League's Cup interesting or not? Interesting in all caps. Still interesting, right? Like this is uh, like last time uh, you said this was pretty interesting. So we have gotten to the round of like what, like 16 now? We've uh, gotten to the quarterfinals. Is yeah, it I think eight? they're down to eight now. Yeah, okay. So we got into the quarterfinals now. There are six MLS teams and two... Uh, La Liga, uh, Liga MX teams. Um, how do you feel about that? About there being two Liga MX clubs? Just like, what do you think that says about the leagues? Like, you know, how do you feel about the breakout of it? Do you think like the six clubs that made it through are like representative of like how good the MLS is? Just kind of like, you know, what are your general feelings on? Like, you know, the 6-2 breakout of the quarterfinals. Because that's not even at all. Uh, I'll say this. Uh-huh. MLS caught a lot of flack for how generally ineffective they had been in CONCACAF Champions League. Right? Mm-hmm. But one of the issues that MLS has with the CONCACAF Champions League is it is before they start their regular season. Yeah. So they found no rhythm. They've not worked out any kinks. They are just kind of out there against teams that are in the middle of their season, in rhythm, 
doing what they do. Mm-hmm. So my thought is payback is a motherfucker. <laughs> Whole our collective nuts, goddammit. I don't care. Y'all supposed to be so fucking good. Deal with it. Like we have to deal with Champions League and we got to take whatever comes when we lose. Y'all got to take what y'all got coming while y'all losing. Fuck that shit. Uh, I watched uh, I watched the uh, Club America Club game. America game. I thought they had knocked out our boys Nashville. Turned off the TV, woke up this morning and Nashville is through. And I'm like, what the hell? But again, Club America, one of the biggest clubs in Mexico, they are also out. Uh, Queretaro and who else is left? Monterrey. Mm-hmm. That's all that's left. Listen, they only had 18 to start, but they're supposed to be so much better than us. They have way more money invested in each individual team than us in MLS. So like they tell us, there should be no excuse. I love this League's Cup. The games have been very, very exciting. I love seeing us have another competition uh, against Liga MX teams, and everybody has, you know, theoretically an opportunity to play everybody, though not necessarily in the same – well, not necessarily, though not in the same tournament. But over the course of a few tournaments, you know, you'll never know who you might run into. That's all super cool. Um, The games have been – electric man electric like they're anybody hating on this tournament saying it's boring it doesn't make sense like that's cool you clearly did not watch the games because you can have that thought and you can have that opinion about you know the logistics of this tournament but the outright play you cannot hate on that shit bro if you hate on league's cup play up to this point you are completely dead inside this shit has been awesome but I do worry about like what this is going to mean for uh, MLS players in the long term because this year they are playing a lot of games. Do you uh, do you think we're going to see changes to MLS's roster rules, like uh, not so much regarding the salary cap, but just like you know the availability of players? Um, you know, given the uh, you know given the format that we're setting up making the league's cup a mid-season tournament? Uh no. Uh MLS moves when they know it's right to move. So I don't expect this tournament to change anything. I'm sure they already did all the math and the numbers and sorted out, you know, what this was going to mean uh for the additional wear and tear on players' bodies. That's unfortunate, but this is the nature of the business that they're in. So until the players collectively, you know, make some hard and fast demands about what they want for themselves, um, this stuff will continue to pop up. So, yeah, all that is to say, do I think they'll change the format and roster rules? No, at least not right now. It'll probably be another three, four, five tournaments, if not 10 before something like that will probably come down. Okay. Do you uh do you think this is rigged for Messi? Ooh. That's what's floating out there. <sighs> yeah, it's floating out there. And I can't blame him, man. I listen, some of the shit I saw, like this uh FC Dallas, 
that game, bro, when when Vasquez hit that shit into his own net like a full-on power header into his own net, I said, wait a minute, bro. Wait a minute. So do I think this is actually rigged for Messi? No. Is it possible? Absolutely. Um, I've said this before on this podcast, not specifically related to soccer, but just in general. I put no level of deviance above anything in the United States of America. Anything, anything or anyone. The element was the, 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 the element was in the air. The <laughs> danger was lurking. Yeah, you know, there's always a chance for funny business. Mm-hmm. There is always a chance for funny business when you are uh, fucking around with anything in america um okay uh let's talk women's uh yeah let's talk women's world cup mm-hmm. um let's see what is there to say man like uh so the u.s is out um any feelings on that um not really they're young but I no, I do have something to say. Matter of fact, hell yeah, I got something to say. Because <laughs> nigga, I told you they was gonna get their ass washed, and you was like, nah, they have enough talent that they'll be fine. They're still favorites to win. I told you they was gonna get fucking washed. <laughs> he said, hold up, run hold the up. tape, run the tape. I told you they are going to get washed. I oh said they God. are not going to, like, that team was something else, man. And when you hit a, a a gold window like that, like, you can't, you just can't replicate that. So I knew off rip that this team was not going to do what they had previously been doing. And you was like, nah, bro, they got way too much talent. They deep. And I was like, okay, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> Oh shit. Yeah, bro. Uh I guess uh I guess I was wrong, man. Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just I don't want to see how you arrived there. Yeah, but I mean, I didn't believe it. Like <laughs> See, man, this is what I fucking get. This is what I fucking get. <laughs> because I didn't believe that shit at all. Like I knew <laughs> I knew this shit was like I I I knew the jig was up, right? Mm-hmm. But fucking like they're going for a three peat. Mm-hmm. Like they've got all they've got so much talent, man. Yeah, like, that's a fact. You just like and for two and a half years, like they they got away with it, right? Mm-hmm. So like you know you always they got away with it, but they ain't get away with it. Bro, no, they did not get away with it. They did not get away with it. (laughs) But bro, like, I feel like for years, like, I feel like for years, I feel like since the last World Cup, because they didn't even look that good in the last World Cup, right? Like, I feel like for years, we've been saying that it's only a matter of time before, like, the rest of the world, like, catches up to the point where, like, you know, if we're not perfect, we're not going to win, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. 
right? Like, you know, yeah, like, you know, the keeper had, you know, the game of her life. Like, you know, people miss penalties that, like, you know, they probably wouldn't miss again. Like, if you take everything that happened to the U.S. women's national team in that one single game and you just, like, pull all the pieces out, like, you know, chances are, like, you know, you remove one thing from the game and, like, you know, they get through, mm-hmm. right? But, like, you know, this is where we are now, where, like, you know, like, everything has to go right for the U.S. women's national team to win now against, like, top, top competition. And <laughs> Hey, look, the men's and women's teams are truly equal now. <laughs> Yo, Stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i, I don't want to hear shit we are truly equal now what yo, this is, talking about this is not what they were talking about when they were talking about that equality <laughs> lawsuit bro this is not what they were talking about but yeah i feel like i mean i don't want to get back on my bullshit and be like it's over but i mean here's the big thing that the u.s women are gonna have to reckon with right like moving forward soccer is the number one sport in the world so in every other country their top facilities like in terms of sports facilities are soccer facilities mm-hmm. right like what happens when there becomes more parity between men and women in soccer in other parts of the world in terms mm-hmm. of like the access to facilities the access to training like all of that stuff mm-hmm. and you know, the United States essentially loses that advantage because while everybody else's facilities, their top facilities are soccer specific facilities, all of our general facilities here in the United States that are like top end are geared towards other sports, right? Like football, basketball, baseball, right? Mm-hmm. So like what happens then, right? Like, yeah, by and large, America's still going to produce the best players. But I mean, is this going to become a Brazil situation? Where if you say pick the country that produces like, you know, the best players overall, you say Brazil and then you say when's the last time the Brazil men's national teams won a World Cup was like, you know, how long ago from long time, right (laughs) from long time. (laughs) Right. So like, you know, I think that's kind of where we're headed with the like, you know women's national team where like, you know, yeah, if you say pound for pound, who produces the best players overall as a country, you're going to say America. Right. But like, you know, when you say like, you know, does that mean that we're shoe in to win the world cup every year because we do that? It's like, no. Like, yeah, it's definitely know. getting tighter, man. Um, Japan, Spain, uh, the Netherlands, Sweden, France, like, France, yeah, man, they balling out there. Japan England, in particular, like yeah. they are like going crazy, and you know it's super interesting too because they have their own women's league now. Yeah. So as that develops over the next few years, like it's just going to get tougher and tougher. I think that's going to be like the next true dominant force is Japan. Yeah. But uh, you're right, man. This, you know, this it's different now, and. These uh, U.S. women's players, they have to figure out how to rekindle a different kind of magic. I don't think they need to be anything like that last team in any way. They can have their own culture, their own vibe. But as far as the winning, they need to find that kind of magic again for themselves. Um, 
because otherwise, I mean, they're going to be literally just like the men's national team, where you are now up against some of the best footballing nations in the world, and that product is apparent on the pitch, and you may try your try as you might to keep up, you will always be behind. Well, I think NWSL has a perfect opportunity here to show like men's soccer in the MLS what they need to do, but I'm not sure if anybody's thinking about it in that way, okay. right? Because like if you look at like all these American players, like if you look at all the players on the American team that like made the final roster, like mm-hmm. I think only three or four of them like play overseas, right? Like even if you count like, you know, Katarina Macario who missed this tournament through injury, like, you know, there's only like there's only a couple of players that play actually overseas. Mm-hmm. And I think what NWSL needs to do um, in terms of marketing is that like they need to have an aggressive push to be like the league of the future Mm -hmm. in terms of like preparing people to go to the European game, because I think that's going to be the next level for like American stars, right? Like, cause you know, the preeminent thing for American stars is to like, you know, play here, like, you know, after like, you know, basically do the college thing. If they're too good to do the college thing, go straight into the NWSL and that's your path to the women's national team. Right. Mm -hmm. That's not going to cut it anymore. Right. Especially as European like leagues start to catch up. Like, you know, if you're going to want to play international football and have success with it, you're going to have to do something other than playing like American style soccer. Right. So like, you know, I really think, you know, the, the new way for like, you know, the women's game and here in America and the NWSL is to move forward. It's a dramatically lower, like the age profile of what they want their stars to be like, you know, we need way more Alyssa Thompson's. So by Mm -hmm. the time Alyssa Thompson hits like 21, 22 years old, she's on her way over to Europe. And like, that's what you brand the NWSL in, right? Like all of your stars in the NWSL should be people that are going over to Europe soon. Do you really want that as an NWSL though? Because I'm of the mind that the NWSL, if it is not right now, it should be the highest level of competition in the women's game. Yeah, I don't actually think it is. I th- I think it is. I don't think it's the highest level of competition. I think it's the most difficult competition, which is something different, right? Like technically, like the NWSL is not like the highest level of technical competition in the women's okay. game, right? Like that would be like the FAWSL in England. That would be like the women's league in France. Like that would be like a German league. Like, you know, those are very highly technical leagues that if you look at it, like Americans have like, you know, struggles like excelling in, right? Like if you were to ask what's the most difficult league to play in, I would say the NWSL, Right just because of the nature of how the game is and how physical it is and like how, like, you know, it's just really difficult for women who aren't American to meet that standard of athleticism, like by and large and like actually Mm. make the grade. Right. Okay. Okay. So like, I would say that like, you know, the NWSL is definitely the most difficult league to play in, but when it comes to like technically, like I don't think they're the most technical league because you see a lot of technical players, like all the players that people think are the top players in the world, they don't want to get anywhere close to NWSL. Mm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. 
Um, we'll end on this. Did you uh, did you check out any of the colonial derbies that they had? No. So um, they provided a couple of interesting matchups uh, to the Women's World Cup um, in the round of 16. Um, all of the colonized nations lost, but you had uh, Netherlands, South Africa, you had England, Nigeria, um, and then what was the other one? Netherlands, South Africa, England, Nigeria. Um, shit, there was another one that I forgot. But yeah, they were uh, Morocco, France. There we go. Okay. Um, so you didn't catch any of those? No, man. Those game times are crazy, bro. I'm not getting up at no three, four, and five o'clock in the morning to watch no damn soccer. I don't give a fuck who it is. Well, um, good news is, um, you will be able to catch one more women's, uh, soccer game, um, in a American time zone. Um, I believe you'll be able to catch Sweden, Netherlands, I believe. Um, okay. If Sweden plays the Netherlands, whoever Sweden plays, um, they get uh, they get another time zone. No, no, no. Whoever the Netherlands plays, they get another uh, shot. So it might be Netherlands, Sweden, I believe. Uh, okay. Let me double check. But you do get that at 9 p.m. Um, sometime soon. So I can will... do 9 p.m. Okay. <laughs> I can do 9 p.m. 2, yes. 3 a.m. That's why I don't even keep up with my Japanese team that much because yeah. their games are like 1 and 2 in the morning. I'm like, bro, hell no. And y'all are ass? No, thank you. <laughs> you said Not and y'all are ass. Um, so I think uh, I think that might be it, my boy. Uh, unless you want to talk. Um, shit, what was I going to ask you unless you want to talk? Unless you want to talk Challenge Cup. Uh, no, I have not watched a single Challenge Cup game. Is it almost over? Where are they at in the tournament? Um, I believe they have just finished the group stages. Okay. So they'll be going into, um, they'll be going into your, whatchamacallits. Um, they'll be going into your first rounds. Okay. So yeah. Uh, oh, and tomorrow... Uh, Thursday night, 8 p.m., you can watch uh, Netherlands, Spain. Okay. 8 p.m., that's very reasonable. That's your, and I believe that is your last, um, yeah, your last game that you can watch at a decent time is 8 p.m., Netherlands, Spain. Yeah, because okay. everything else is like early in the morning, either five o'clock games or two a.m. games. So, gotcha. Yeah. That's it. That's it, my boy. We are done. All right. Appreciate y'all tuning in. We'll see you. Peace. <laughs>